When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post Senate act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Welcome to Awesome Etiquette, part of the Infinite Guest Network. I'm Dan Post Senning. And I'm Lizzie Post from the Emily Post Institute, and we are so glad to have you here with us today. In a, a bit of a confessional, Lizzie and I are, are meeting today for the first time. And I what? Thought... <laughs> no, we've known each other since I was born. Well, okay, okay, okay. So we've known each other for a long time. In fact, but... we've worked together for seven years. <laughs> but usually, the way the day starts, uh, the Emily Post Institute's a small family business, and Lizzie and I are often the first ones into the office. So the day often begins with Lizzie and I sitting around and processing what happened the night before or the day before. Weekend. Sometimes we talk a little bit about etiquette. But sometimes we're talking about our relationships, our yep. personal life, and generally what's going on in the world. And <laughs> part of the inspiration for this podcast was to bring some of some of those moments and some of that experience at the Emily Post Institute out from behind the curtain and to share it with, with all the folks out there that love etiquette because that's often a part of what we're talking about, if not the totality of what we're talking about. So in some ways, this is a, a very honest version of that today. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I just had my morning coffee, so look Dan's out. ready to go, and he is, he is talkative this morning. No, but it's true. We do. Dan and I have a really special bond. We are almost like brother and sister, which is something I'm really grateful for, Um Having grown up in the family <laughs> with Anna and I are the only two, my sister Anna and I are the only two girls, and I always really valued my relationships with my cousins, and most of them are like brothers, but Dan and I see each other every day, and a lot of really important life decisions have actually happened between the two of us. Um, way back when I was 23 years old, Dan um, drove all the way across the country with me when I was getting out of a relationship and leaving California uh, when I lived there very briefly. And that was like a really monumental part of my life was making that decision to not stay on the West Coast and instead return to the East Coast. And Dan is getting ready for his own big monumental decision in life. Well, it's true. We, we, we have a couple of things going on right now. And um, I just returned from California uh, just yesterday, um, was out there on business, was thinking about that trip a little yeah, bit. That the, drive, the that, return from California. The, the, the two and a half, three day drive from California. Yeah, we made it we in about three it. days. Absolutely. I mean, we booked it. The storm in Texas. Uh, there was this crazy ice storm in just the panhandle of Texas. And it was literally, you cross the state line, sheets of ice on the road. There were 18. Um, big Mack trucks that had all flipped over. We One started counting the, we the, did. the truck accidents. Actually, we all got out to just kind of, you know, 
Use the restroom on the side of the road, I would say. I mean, people were going like 15 miles an hour. And when we were returning to the cars, we almost couldn't get back into the car because it, everything was so caked in ice, you literally you couldn't hold on to it. And there was, I remember there was one tractor trailer flipped over that had all oranges in it. So there were just oranges <laughs> all over the side of the highway. It, it was probably the most terrifying couple of hours I've ever spent in a car. That was some bad driving. That was no, some bad driving, No question. Sure. I, I lived on the West Coast for about 10 years. So I was used to making the trip back and forth. That was closer to my student days when I used to drive it pretty regular. So <laughs> it, it wasn't as out of the ordinary for me, but that was definitely one of the craziest one of the craziest trips that we've been on, yeah. But the the big life news that Lizzie's alluding to is I have a, a very significant other in my life, a partner who I care about quite a bit and um, Lizzie's a, a professional when it comes to thinking about um, maybe taking a relationship to the next stage. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. That, that could be that danger for um, any potential dates I might go on. Well, okay. <laughs> Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, wrote a book about wedding etiquette and um, has been in, invaluable to me as I think about an engagement ring and how to how to go about yeah. um, doing that search really well and um, – it's, it's definitely new territory for me. It's not something I've grown up thinking about. This wasn't a vision I had in my head from the time <laughs> I was a little boy. But like so many people, when you when you hit that important transitional stage in life, you're you're looking for some good advice, some good ground to stand on. And for some folks, that's been the Emily Post Institute. For me, it's been my cousin, Lizzie Post. And I will tell you that it was not even one month into this relationship when after I had met her, that I just said, this is it. This is this is your person. This is your other person. Dan, um, you know, without making it sound cheesy, Dan is a really special guy. He's not just one type of person. He's many, many different aspects to him. And they are unique and they are different. I mean, I remember having a teacher in school once use an example of, unless you're going to grow up to be a mime. And I raised my hand and said, my cousin is actually studying how to be a mime. I mean, he's definitely had a lot of very cool experiences under his belt and um, a really deep thinker. And I think it takes a really special woman to be the right type of person for you. And the moment that Pooja walked in the door... I, you could just feel how bright and light she was and that she was totally the right person for you in life. And it's been really fun to see them grow. And even more fun was going around and, and helping you try to pick out a ring. <laughs> and we're getting close and we'll keep you updated. <laughs> <laughs> On exactly what happens. But that's one of the, the big exciting things happening. Dan and I talk a lot about other people's weddings and other people's engagements. And we talk a lot about um, sort of the etiquette around those things. And it's been really interesting watching Dan go through his own process with it, um, whether that be Pooja asking her father if she should ask you to marry her <laughs> and him immediately saying, no, let him do this. This is his thing, um, which I thought was awesome of her dad to speak of. My non-traditional girlfriend and her very traditional father. Yes. Um, but it, it's, it has been... It's always really exciting when one of these events that we talk so much about becomes something that's that's actually an experience that that you will have. And I think that that's really exciting because in a few months you'll be talking about this from the other side of it, you know. Absolutely. And, and I think and that's really cool. Similarly, watching Anna go through the planning go for her Go through wedding. the planning of her wedding. You know, once once that great date, August 16th, happens, <laughs> you know, she will have been there and done that and can really speak 
from personal experience as opposed to the experience of helping others through it, which is really exciting. And to that, let's get to some of your etiquette questions. Sure, you're right. But there's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to learn, but it's worth it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others. Awesome etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? (laughs) StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. (laughs) After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Here on Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. Let's get started. While eating, I occasionally glide my teeth instead of my lips over the fork. My husband can hear my teeth gliding over the fork and says that it's very bad manners. (laughs) Is it bad manners to use your teeth to scrape food from the fork into your mouth? I don't know about bad manners, but your dentist would definitely tell you not to. I mean, you're just scrape. You're going to have little chiclet teeth by the end of it, like... I'm trying wear, to imagine what that down. sounds like. It sounds awful. I mean, no. <laughs> it's it's not – okay, personally, I wouldn't hold it against you. But what I am going to say is that when someone like a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend notices something about your eating habits that is offending them in some way or very distracting to them, that's gross – Mm-hmm. I think it's important to pay attention. This is someone that you are going to share the majority of your meals with, and I think that matters, <laughs> and I think that you should probably stop doing it. It, it isn't good. It's not good manners to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think originally, and I, I could just be full of BS on this one, but it's. I think that it has to do with the fact that you know a lot of silver really was silver back in the day. You're scratching you're, you know, that, you know, that you're rings ruining true to this me beautiful a little thing. bit. That being said, you know, this person also put it out for you to stick it in your mouth and your teeth are in your mouth. So I yeah. find a little bit of like, meh, with that. But 
I do think that this is something that it's the the less you can be noisy when you eat, the less you can call attention to food going into your mouth, the better. So I say quit scraping with your with your teeth. It's not good for your teeth and it's clearly not appetizing to the people around you. I think Lizzie got to the heart of the matter there that that the the bad etiquette is the etiquette that someone else is noticing (laughs) and is bothering them. Like that, that's when, you know, it's gone a little too far. We all have lots of choices to make in an increasingly casual and and complex world. And when someone near you is commenting on something, it probably means that they're noticing it and they're, they're trying to raise it somehow. And I, I like the, the frame of reference of looking at it from the perspective of the spouse. I'll tell you, it's a conversation we have at the Emily Post lunch table not infrequently that it's not just enough to eat with your mouth closed. If I can hear everything that's going on, it's really one of those – there are very few etiquette faux pas that that I notice in my own life. But Mm. one of them is the sound of food being masticated. And the other day I was mentioning I'm I'm grossing out my cousin and she reminded me that oftentimes – it often is mixed in with like heavy breathing from the mouth that you'll hear. Oh, it's really it's so gross. It's really too much. I we'll never listen to us again after having heard that. But it's gross. So be careful. Be careful about the sounds you make when yeah. you eat as well as how you look. And the, also the idea of just pulling something off the end of a fork Scraping with your teeth. It off with like your it, teeth. it it, it, it it might look funny. It might ha- add a certain affectation to your eating, but if it's bothering the people around you, it's probably an affectation you can Skip do without. It. One of our lovely listeners wants to know, next question, if some company employees are being laid off due to economic conditions, what's the appropriate manner in which fellow coworkers can acknowledge the many years of service these laid off employees have given the company? Damn. What does the retirement <laughs> party look like for someone that's been laid off? It's a bit of a tricky situation because people might have very different feelings. The person who's being laid off might be feeling good about their departure and they might not. In fact, laid off implies that the decision might not be up to them and you could be dealing with something that's sensitive. I think it's a really good idea to talk to the person, to let them know individually what you – how you feel, how much you appreciate them and the work that they've done and maybe even depending on how well you know them to talk to them about what they'd prefer as the best way. If you feel like organizing a goodbye or something from the group yeah. or the team, what w- what they'd be comfortable with. And Yeah, my personal MO, like I'm just I I think Dan what Dan said is a good idea is to talk to the person and find out what they want, but for for me, I think if it's someone who was laid off as opposed to someone who's retiring or moving on to another job, which is generally when you would then do kind of an office celebration because yeah. it's it's more of a celebration. Yeah. Getting laid off is not something to celebrate. But when you want to honor the time that you spent with a coworker, personally, I would say I would love to take you out to lunch next week or something like that. And if you want to include other people in that lunch or that gathering for, you know, drinks on a Friday night, that sort of thing, go for it. But I would do this for someone who had been laid off, off company time, off company premise that that take them somewhere else and recognize your friendship and your camaraderie there. I think that's wise. I think one of the only reasons I was even a little bit um, it was sort of a little bit more of an open question for me is they say due to economic conditions that oh, it's not necessarily so about poor performance right. or and and sometimes a layoff due to economic conditions is very much like a 
a moving on type party. It's it's not about a particular bad performance. It's it really is just you've no, been here and true. this job no longer exists. The right. the nature of the industry is changing. Right. So it's 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 a little different than it's just a little different. At the same time, it's, yeah. it isn't the person's choice, and they might they might be dealing with um, a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions, and maybe some pretty damaging economic realities. It's 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 an important and it's important to be aware of all of that and not approach it in too celebratory and public a manner. For everybody's sake, both the individual and the company, it's okay. a tricky one. Good luck with that, and <laughs> and and don't let it dissuade you from from being kind to the person that you care about. Let's tackle a wedding etiquette question. I was at a wedding recently and noticed a number of people leaving with baskets of flowers that had been on the tables. Are guests supposed to take the table decorations? <laughs> not unless it's offered. So this is not an uncommon question because no, often the bride happens. and groom will will offer. Or if there's been an event, the host of the event will say, you know, there's beautiful flowers on all the tables. Please, Please feel free them. to take them yeah. home. Uh, as a, as By the a, way, I totally do that whenever they say that. I'm like, free flowers? Are you kidding me? me too. Be- being in the fortunate position of sometimes being a guest of honor at a function, maybe you're doing they a offer. keynote, you're often offered it's to take so some nice. flowers home. And it is. It's it's really Fresh a treat. flowers? Go for it. You don't want to assume yes. that's the case. You want to wait till the offer is made. <laughs> To, to elaborate just a little bit, sometimes the flowers are donated. Sometimes people have an intended recipient for the flowers. Sometimes they go to a local hospital. Right. And you just don't know. You so don't assume. <laughs> wait till the offer is made. And if it is made, feel free to take them and enjoy them. <laughs> Social courtesy does pay, doesn't it? Thanks. Thanks to everyone for sending in your questions. If you'd like to submit your question, email us at awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Along with answering your questions, one of the things that we really are looking forward to doing here on the show is talking a little bit about etiquette more generally. So sometimes we're going to tackle a traditional etiquette segment. Sometimes we're going to talk tackle a current etiquette segment. Today, we'd really like to explore the history of the word etiquette. It's kind of a funny little story, but we, we call it the King Louis story. And actually, you can find it on our YouTube channel, Emily Post Productions. Um, basically, uh, back in King Louis' day, King Louis the Fourteenth, right? The Sun King, absolutely. The Sun King, yeah, King Louis the Fourteenth. He would throw these massive parties at Versailles. And the gardener would keep getting really upset, like all the groundskeepers, because they would just the, the gardens would be ruined. People would walk through them. They might even dip their toes into the fountains. You know, they would leave their cups and glasses everywhere. I mean, the, basically, like they trashed the place. <laughs> it was like he was getting really, really frustrated, and he wanted a way to be able to let people know, you know, don't pick the flowers, don't leave your glasses here, don't step on the grass. And the way they came up with doing it was putting these little signs everywhere. And the word in French for little sign is etiquette. And so etiquette is really about kind of a little sign, a little a little note, a little something that lets you know what to do uh, when you're in a certain situation. Absolutely. So it's a little indicator of what's yeah. the expected behavior in a given situation, oftentimes a, a new or unfamiliar circumstance or situation. So Lizzie just gave you the very artful uh, <laughs> children's version of the etymology of the word uh, etiquette. Dan says artful because of the YouTube video that I made. That's kind of a funny, silly little thing. If you haven't seen it, you really should check it out. It's 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 a fun little stop animation. <laughs> it's it's not our yeah, it's not King our Louis best story. version, but it's there anyway. Um, but you've got more. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So, Enlighten me. Um, 
Not a historian, caveat emptor, <laughs> buyer beware, but definite history buff. Uh, King Louis was sometimes known as the, the Sun King. I'm going to mangle a little French here. The famous phrase associated with King Louis was l'état c'est moi, the state is me. Uh, <laughs> Louis, Louis, some people Ooh. thought, built Versailles as a way to, to, to exhibit his own grandeur, but also as a place to occupy the aristocracy of France at the time, which was large and growing, keep and he them feared close. them. <laughs> keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Louis liked to really occupy his aristocracy with a Byzantine set of social rules and codes and structures. So wait, he's making this stuff up just so that he would keep them busy? Absolutely. Okay, keep going. And your ability to navigate that, that social hierarchy and your ability to get physically present, close to the king, the, the, the person that helped him with his stockings in the morning had a higher social standing than the person who stood in the back of the room when he took questions at court. No way. Yes. So <laughs> the the courtesans around King Louis took to exchanging these little cards that helped each other figure out what was expected in different situations. It, again, remember, this was intentionally complex. I'm blown away. I'm sorry. I've never heard this before. I'm like really excited. OK, Absolutely. keep going. So the etiquettes became critically important. And maybe maybe you were visiting from your castle in the south and you're there to conduct some business and you need to get it done. That means you need to approach the king at some point. You needed to figure out how. You needed to figure out how to navigate the, the social code of court. And the courtesans would give you a little ticket that told you some little info? or Like trading magic cards. I don't know exactly, <laughs> but that's the way I imagine. That told you what was expected in a given situation. So um, That's awesome. O- over time, these little signs, these little tickets, the word became etiquette. It's a French word. Uh, it's a little a little story version of the history of the word etiquette. I, I, I like like your story version more. I think we need to do a new second video and, and expand on that. I love it. Absolutely. Gr- grown up version, kid version. <laughs> We truly like to celebrate good behavior at the Emily Post Institute, so each episode, we like to do an awesome etiquette salute. So I'm going to tackle our etiquette salute today, and our salute's a bit of an unconventional one in that I'm going to give it to Jonah Hill, who recently got himself in a bit of hot water with uh, some things that he said that weren't appropriate. And I don't want to investigate that too much, because what I really want to focus on is his apology, which was remarkable. It was an example of what I would call an apology done well. And the celebrity apology has become a thing these days. We're hearing about it at the Emily Post Institute. People want to know about celebrities who feel the need to apologize and what makes a good one and what makes a bad one. In this increasingly public world, uh, knowing how to handle your mistakes says as much about you as how you handle your successes. We're all going to make mistakes. Accidents are going to happen in life. And um, Jonah Hill took the time to go on The Late Show with Jimmy Fallon and offer a sincere and genuine apology. He put on a suit. He tackled the the question of his mistake with seriousness. <clears throat> he talked about the circumstances and conditions that that um, generated it, but he didn't use that as an excuse. He took responsibility no. for what he did, and um, I really appreciated that. I appreciated watching him do it, and it actually made me think more of him. I'm sorry, and I don't deserve or expect your forgiveness, but what I ask is that at home, if you're watching this, and you're a young person especially, if someone says something that hurts you or angers you, use me as an example of what not to do. And don't respond with hatred or anger. 
because you're just adding more ugliness to the world. And again, I just, I'm so sorry. It really reminded me that good etiquette happens all the time. And I wanted to give a salute to Jonah Hill for his, um, for his excellent apology. Well, now, uh, wasn't that better? Hey! Look at the effect of a little politeness. That's the end of our show for today. I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us. We often say at the Institute that human attention is a gift, and we appreciate the gift of your attention today. Thanks so much for joining us for the Awesome Etiquette Podcast. As Dan said, it is a gift to have you with us, and we definitely appreciate your attention and your spirit and your generosity for sharing your time with us. Uh, please remember to write your questions in to the Awesome Etiquette Podcast, awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. We love getting your questions. If you have an etiquette salute that you'd like to nominate, we'd love to hear about it. So definitely get in touch and find us on Twitter and Facebook. This is Awesome Etiquette, part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. The Infinite Guest Network has all kinds of podcasts for you to listen to, including The Splendid Table, Dinner Party Download, and Wits. Find them all at infiniteguest.org.